This is Mary Lewis at A Tiny Homestead, the podcast comprised entirely of conversations with homesteaders, cottage food producers, and crafters. Today I'm talking with Shauna at Seven Anubis Farms. Good morning, Shauna. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm great. Um, are you guys in the middle of the polar vortex like we are in Minnesota? Um, yeah, it's uh, 27 below with the wind chill right now. Yeah, it's it's the same here. It's pretty terrible. I I said to my husband on Saturday, because it was blizzard conditions here in Minnesota, where we live, that my least favorite weather ever was Saturday's weather. And my other least favorite weather is when it's like 95 degrees out and humidity is really high. So... I have I have lived through the worst and then the the next least favorite is coming probably in July. Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. So tell me about Seven Anubis Farms and how you came up with the name. Um well uh, my husband and I were already kind of on our way to self-sufficiency and uh, kind of homesteading, uh, doing some urban homesteading. Uh, we had a huge garden. We uh you know, uh, did a lot of food preservation, uh, things like that. And, uh, and at, at one point, two years ago, the, the housing market was just right that we decided to, uh, go ahead and, uh, you know, bite the bullet by and buy the farm. Uh, so we, uh, kind of came close. Uh, we live in a town that's close to where we grew up at and we bought a 15 acre farm out here on the northeastern plains of Colorado. Um, Seven Anubis came from, uh, we are very much into Egyptian mythology, um, actually any kind of mythologies, but we really love uh, the Egyptian and Anubis is our favorite uh, uh, god in the Egyptian pantheon. And then uh, seven is actually a very um, important number in Egyptian mythology. Um, it has a lot to do with uh, good luck and prosperity, so we went with the seven Anubis. Nice. Okay. I had no idea. I looked at your Facebook page. I looked at your personal Facebook page. I'm like, I'm not seeing the tie-in here, so I will have to ask. Yeah, I should probably add that somewhere. Yeah. Um, so what do you guys do at seven Anubis Farms? Uh, well, uh, we raise uh, Berkshire hogs. Uh, we have chickens and turkeys, and then we also uh, raise Rhode Island Red and Brahma chickens. Okay. And, and then our two main crops, our three main crops, actually, um, and it's because these are the three easiest things to grow in Northeast Colorado, and that is strawberries, asparagus, and garlic. Three of my favorite things ever. Right? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I love asparagus. We we planted asparagus when we moved here just over three years ago. And I got my first batch to actually have enough to eat this past spring. And oh my God, I was, it was so good. I don't even have words. It was just so good. Oh, I know. I'm, I am so excited to, uh, we just planted uh, everything this year. Um, we will have garlic immediately uh, in the spring. Um, early summer, um, but it's still going to be a couple more years on the strawberries and the asparagus. Okay, so where did you, did you live in a, a like a normal small lot before you moved, to the, before you bought the farm as it were? Um, 
kind of. I mean, that we lived in a we lived in a suburb of Denver called Littleton, and we actually had our our house there. The yard was actually really amazing because we basically had two giant backyards because um, the where we sat in the cul-de-sac. So we had a really big yard. So we had a huge garden mm-hmm. um, that we, I mean, grew everything under the sun. But but it's better where you are now, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. It's it's more quiet. I mean, we we both grew up in a small town out here. Like I said, our, our hometown is only about 30 minutes away. Um, and, uh, I mean, we grew up out here and we, we grew up, you know, around a lot of the farm kids and and things like that. And so, I mean, we were just kind of into, we loved gardening and, and everything that went along with it anyway. And, and so this was just kind of the logical next step. And we were tired of the city. Right there with you. Yes, we, we were. I, I, I hesitate to say that we lived in a city. We lived in a town of about... Uh, 6,000 people total and we were in town so we had a little tiny lot with a house and a garage on it and we had very 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 geographically close neighbors we could talk to our neighbor through her kitchen window from our front porch when she was doing dishes Ah. and and I love her she's fantastic I miss her but it was too tight and Basically, we're in the same situation you were in. We had the opportunity to move to Acreage, and so we did. And I don't miss my old house or my old life at all. I absolutely love being on three acres. Nearest neighbor is half a mile away, and there's just room to breathe and to be outside and have an exchange of words with my husband without the neighbors all know what we're talking about. Right? Yeah, it's it's kind oh. of wonderful. Yeah, it's so it's just so quiet out here. I mean, we I don't know, we're just like a, we're a few miles off a of, uh, one of the main highways here. Um but you you know, you can barely hear the traffic. Uh the the honestly the best part uh for me what really made me want to say okay, this is the place is um we are close to the train tracks. And I love trains. I am obsessed with trains. I've always loved trains because uh, the town we grew up in, you could hear the trains mm-hmm. uh, going through at night and the, the whistle. And so I can hear the trains from the house still. And that is just, it's fantastic for me. Yeah, we could hear the train from our house too. We could also hear the church, the church bells from the Catholic church that was two blocks over. We could hear the semis going down the road. On mm-hmm. we were we were a block and a half from Main Street, mm. so so there was always some kind of noise, and here my favorite noise is in the springtime in the summertime, when I step out in the morning and I can hear the neighbors cows cr- cows cows crowing no cows lowing, <laughs> there they have a donkey so we hear the donkey braying now and then, and we hear the rooster crowing, at oh. like. 5.30 in the morning in the summertime. And the first time I heard the donkey braying, I didn't know what it was. Oh, I, I was like, what is that noise? Because they're half a mile away, so it's not loud. And, right. And, and my husband came out, and I said, hang on a second, listen. And he stood there, and he listened, and it brayed again. And I said, is that a donkey? And he was like, I 
They think it's a donkey. And then it did the really low one that they do, the oh noise. Mm-hmm. And I said, at first I thought it was geese, but that's not right. And he's like, no, that's a donkey. I said, we have neighbors with a donkey. I love it here. <laughs> that's great. I actually, uh, uh, the, uh, we have a guy that we uh, buy alfalfa from in the fall. Uh, he has uh, some really, really good alfalfa, um, and it's for us to feed the pigs through the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, our breeding stock, uh, and uh, it gives them that little extra bump that that they need in the winter time. And uh, the, he has a he has a donkey. Yeah, I have never actually petted a donkey in my whole life, and I'm starting to think I need to meet my neighbors just so I can meet the the donkey that braids at five thirty right. in the morning. Yeah, um, I don't I don't think I have either. So yeah, um, seen lots of them, but have just never been up close with one. So, with your Berkshire hogs? Yes, ma'am. Do you guys um, sell the meat, or do you just raise them for you, or how does that all work? Um, actually, a little bit of both. Um, and we also, so we, um, we raise the, like, right now we have just our breeding stock, uh, which is uh, one boar and three gilts. Um, and that's a, a, a sow before they've had piglets. Once they've had their piglets, once they've had one farrowing, then they'll be called sows. Okay. Um, but right now, all three of our gilts are pregnant. So Yay. we will have, yes. So uh, starting probably end of February, beginning of March, uh, we will uh, start, for, the pigs will start farrowing, uh, giving birth. And then uh, we will sell a few piglets uh, once they're weaned uh, to people for feeder pigs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people that would like to raise their own pig and slaughter it themselves. And then uh, we, uh, we do... Um, and then we will be pasture raising the rest of our piglets uh, to go to processing to sell at uh, farmers markets uh, straight from the farm. Um, with pork, it's USD inspected, so we can sell um, outside of Colorado uh, with the with the pork. Nice. Are the Berkshires big animals, or are they smaller? Or I don't know anything about them. Well, the funny thing is, is uh, in England, Berkshires are called a lady's pig. Oh, okay. Because they're, uh, compared to other pig breeds, they're not big. But our boar is going to reach 600 pounds. That's big enough. <laughs> that's, con- that's considered a medium-sized pig, mm-hmm. uh, believe it or not. So, um, and, you know, we, uh, the, all of our pigs are very, they're very social uh, we can pet them, scratch them, uh, rub their bellies, but it has gotten to the point where they are so big that, you know, we want to, we need to, you know, watch out for our safety. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they would purposely hurt us, but they, they would love us to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, knock you so, over and stand on you. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we gotta, we have to come up with creative ways to, uh, uh, we've had to come up with some creative ways to, you know, fill food and water and, and things like that, but it's working out really good. Um, the Berkshires are a fantastic, uh, pig. Like I said, they're super gentle. Uh, they're very sociable. Uh, they're very trainable. Um, so they're, they, they are super smart and they're actually, uh, some of the cleanest pigs, um, uh, that that you can raise um they are super good about keeping the area where they eat and drink clean um, so huh. and yeah 
they yeah it's it's odd uh they're actually very clean pigs i didn't know a clean pig existed so i'm i'm glad you mentioned it i um, i didn't either <laughs> the the piglets when they're born how uh-huh. how big are they when they're born they're really little right yeah they're they're pretty tiny um so we have to build special farrowing pens uh so what we do is uh when we like we already had one uh in place in our loafing shed so we kind of knew how to build our, our other ones for our other girls but you have to put an escape corner uh for the piglets to get away so they don't get squished by mom yeah um, i've i've read and please correct me if i'm wrong that mama pigs aren't like the most careful with their babies yeah, sometimes they are not, but once again, with the Berkshires, they're actually a better mama than some of the other pig breeds. Well, you picked exactly the right breed to have then. It sounds yeah. like you really enjoy them. Oh, we, we do. I, I love pigs. I was born in the year <laughs> of the pig, mm-hmm. so that's my Chinese Zodiac, and I've always just kind of loved pigs. Uh, when I was little, uh, my parents, my dad worked with a gal that... Uh, raise pigs and he would take me out to her her farm every so often and I would get to play with the piglets so yeah I again I haven't really been around piglets or pigs either and I didn't grow up around farms my my grandpa lived in an area where there were dairy farms mm-hmm. and so so he had friends that lived down the road who had calves every spring. And if we went up to visit grandpa, we'd stop in and visit the calves. But but there weren't a lot of other livestock animals that people had that we, that we knew to go see. And we definitely went to the local fairs. And and you could you could go into the 4-H building and see all the different livestock. But they weren't real keen on you petting the animals. Unless, yeah. unless they were like people who had sheep were totally fine. If the sheep stuck its head through the, the fence or above the fence, you could pet the sheep and you could pet cows, but people were real particular about the pigs. And I don't remember why. I don't know if it was, a, if it was just, they didn't want you touching them or if there was a reason why. Uh, you know, I, off the top of my head, the only thing I can think of is, um, I know with pigs, uh, uh, a big concern is biosecurity, mm-hmm. um, making sure that nobody else that raises pigs uh, wears anything that they wear around their pigs, around your pigs. Yeah, because you don't want anything getting spread through through your... Right. Yeah, makes sense. And now, now it really makes sense because we all know what happens when people are sick and visit with other people. Yes. And, and other pets... Because apparently COVID was transferable to pets, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, really glad we're not still there. I know COVID is still around, but it's just not as uh, terrible as it was, say, three years ago. Yeah. Well, we, we had our bout with it. Um, actually, we had COVID before it was even a thing. Yeah, us too. So, yeah, we were we were sick for months and we couldn't figure out, you know, the doctors couldn't figure out what it was. And then all of a sudden this COVID thing comes out and I'm like, oh, wait, that's exactly the symptoms we had. <laughs> yep. Back in December of 2019, yep. my, my youngest woke up in the morning with a terrible headache and headaches were in my family. I didn't think anything of it. And I was like, get some Tylenol, go lay down. 
because that's what we do. And then he woke up the next morning with a really high fever. And I woke up that next morning when he had the high fever with a bad headache. And I was like, huh. Mm. And then the third morning, he woke up with a cough. I woke up with a high fever. Third morning for me, I woke up with the cough. And I was like, oh, no, this must be the newest upper respiratory thing going around. Mm-hmm. And we got over it. I mean, we had a, a residual cough for a month or so. And it was it was not terrible for us. And then in February of 2020, they were like, COVID. And I was like, huh, that sounds like what we had. But supposedly COVID wasn't here in December of 2019. So yeah, it was. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just really glad that, that no one that I love died from it. And I'm really sad for the people who, who lost people to it. So, Well, I, we, I lost an uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in... Uh, late mid 70s yeah so he was fairly older but um yeah I, I i all i know is that i have never been so sick in my entire life as i was in december of 2019 yeah and and it's so weird because some people were like my son and i and it was just like a regular flu my husband didn't even catch it and then we have people like you who were really sick with it and yeah. That's the thing I don't understand is that there's no rhyme or reason to this. So exactly. it, it's just so frustrating. Anyway, we don't really need to talk about COVID for too long. I think everyone no. is sick of hearing about it and talking oh, about yeah. it and living through it. So, and like I have said before, COVID was one of the worst things to come through. But there were also some really good things that came out of it because it gave people a chance to stop and settle and have a chance to think about what they were doing if they weren't yes. sick. So so again, it's a double-edged sword. Everything is, and there's good and bad and everything. So that's all I really have to say about COVID. Um, <laughs> so you said you have, besides pigs, you have chickens? Yes, ma'am. And do you have guineas? I We do, actually. I have five guineas. Okay. I just talked to somebody about guineas the other day. And saying that their guineas, the first they got, uh, they started with like six, and then they had four, and they had three, and then they had two, and then they had one because they just disappeared. Uh So they got baby guineas, and the baby guineas actually figured out that where home was was where they were, and they didn't disappear. Is that a thing? It it is a thing. Um, Actually, it was funny because uh, uh, when we bought the place, uh, we inherited uh, the chickens, the guineas, and the ducks and geese mm-hmm. uh, and some turkeys. They they came with the property. And, uh, yeah, I don't have any of my original guineas. Um, they are very good flyers. They uh, will – they want to roost high up in trees. And no, no matter what we were doing, they would escape from the pen. Um, and just, they would just leave one day and just not come back. Huh. Do, do guineas lay eggs, like edible eggs? They do. Yeah. It tastes like a chicken egg. Okay. And are they the size of a chicken egg or are they bigger? Um, they're kind of a smallish egg, medium to smallish. Um, but their shells are super hard on Hmm. guinea eggs. Okay. Yeah, like you have to you have to crack it pretty good to get it open, but they're yeah, they're fantastic eggs. 
So I guess, I guess my question out of all this, because I didn't really ask this the other day, the lady I talked to said that they are great for eating ticks, keeping your yard free of ticks. But is there another reason to keep guineas besides them being good tick repellents? Oh, they are giant alarms. Okay. Um, if, and this is an instinctual thing, uh, guineas, guinea fowl are, uh, from, uh, the deserts and, and plains in Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> naturally guineas are, um, well, they're very alarmist. Uh, anytime that they see a predator or suspect a predator, they start going off. Um, so anytime there's, there's something weird going on outside, we know it because the guineas are letting us know. So they're the watchdog of the, the birds. Yes, very much. Only problem is, is that guinea fowl are not the brightest crayon in the box. <laughs> I feel like that's true of almost all birds. So, out <laughs> of all the birds we keep, the guineas are definitely the least intelligent, I guess. The dumbest? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You were, yeah, you were saying the, it nicely, but the dumbest. I yeah. Know, yeah, they're the dumbest. Yeah. I mean, if they see a feather fly by, they freak out and start cackling. Hey, that sounds like our dog. She she sees, she hears anything outside and she's barking. I'm like, there's nothing oh. out there. She was barking at the wind on Saturday. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm like you can bark at it all you want, but there's nothing there. A, a, a car will drive by on the county road and one of our dogs will bark. And it's like, oh. dude, it's clear out there. What? What are you doing? <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Maggie, Maggie's crazy. She, she barks at every noise she hears outside. Luckily it's not too often. And the weirdest thing about her is that she hates the trash truck. The, the trash truck pulls in our driveway because the road we live on is a two lane country road and they don't want putting our bins out on the edge of the road because if they stop to get the, the trash, there's not enough room for traffic to keep going. Mm-hmm. going. So they actually pull into our long driveway and we have a turnaround at the end of the driveway. So they pull in, they grab the trash, they turn around, they drive out. And ever since she was a puppy, she is petrified of the big, green, scary monster truck. And she was outside like two weeks ago when it came. And I, I never know when they're going to be here. It's always Wednesday, but I don't know what time. And right. I had let her out. I'd let her out to use the bathroom and the trash truck came in and I heard her start barking. I was like, oh, okay. So I went out and called her and she came tearing up the steps, came in on the porch we have, shaking and barking. I was oh like, you're goodness. still afraid. You have been on the earth for th- three plus years and you are still scared to death of the trash truck. What is going on? but she's she's an excellent watchdog that's why we got her and i will i'm i'm all good with her barking because even if nothing's there if something is there i need to know yeah normally if normally if if our dogs are barking at something it's something to pay attention to for sure yeah yeah absolutely so okay so pigs you have geese ducks chickens guineas and there was something else you said, but I can't Turkeys. remember now. Turkeys. And do you have anything else? Or is that it? No, that's it. Okay. So, did you, you guys wanted, you wanted to move and have a farm. Yes. 
Okay. So what is the best thing so far about having the farm? <sighs> the quiet. <laughs> uh-huh. Me too. Honestly, it's, it's peaceful out here, you know, and uh, I mean, you know, aside from, you know, the guineas and the geese are pretty loud sometimes because they're, they're another set of watchdogs kind of, uh, because mm-hmm. the, 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 the geese will make a lot of noise, but, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's just, it's quiet out here and, you know, we don't have to worry about traffic and, and honestly, another unbelievable thing is fresh pork is, oh my God. <laughs> like it is, I, I will never, I, we will never have to buy, you know, store industrial grown um pork chicken anything like that again um we um i I mean i i understand you know a lot of the the industrial way of you know growing you know livestock and animals i just i just cannot i'm not on board with um you know there's they're they're cramped they're you know they're not they're not pasture fed they're not fed a good variety i mean especially with the pigs like they they have to have a varied diet um they can't live on just one type of food you know they're a lot like humans where you know you need uh you know a little bit of a little bit of this a little bit of that you need some fresh veggies you need some grains they they need a balanced diet and i just don't feel like on a on a large scale level that they they get that kind of diet um, you know, and yeah. uh, you, I can, I can tell the difference in like when we eat our eggs, I can totally tell the difference between, you know, our eggs, you know, our eggs and, and store-bought eggs. Oh, absolutely. We have chicken and we haven't had store-bought eggs since we moved in. And, yeah. and it's, it's so weird because you, you would not think it would be that marked a difference, but it is. I, I'm really, ab- I, yeah. yeah. Oh, I say I'm. I'm also absolutely obsessed with duck eggs now. I've never had one ever. <gasps> duck eggs are oh god, they're so good. So they have, uh, they have more pro. They have a higher protein uh, than chickens, but they have a different protein. So if someone is allergic to chicken eggs, they can probably eat duck eggs. And just so I don't get in trouble and you don't get in trouble, check with your doctor on that. Yes. But it's an option to look into. It is an option to look into. But I I mainly use the duck eggs for baking. Like my baking, my cakes and and every anything you use eggs in for baking, it they're fluffier and they taste richer. Um I use it for, I use the duck eggs for making frozen custard. Oh my gosh. I will never buy ice cream in the store again. Uh-huh. It is yeah. amazing and creamy and ugh, yummy. And you made it yourself. So you're proud of it, which makes it taste better. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know we're definitely eating a lot healthier mm-hmm. since we've moved out here. You know, I mean, sure, some of it is because, you know, there's not as much access. You know, we don't have, you know, DoorDash out here or Uber Eats or anything like that. You know, so we, we eat a lot more at home and and we eat, you know, the, we eat what we grow on the farm. Yeah, I actually felt like a total idiot the other day. Um, my husband was like, what do we need from the store? 
and he wasn't going to go for a couple of days. And I said, well, mayonnaise, because I was almost out. And our chickens have been working overtime all winter. We have tons of eggs ready to go. And I realized that I had made homemade mayonnaise a couple of years back at the old house, and I haven't made it since. And I was like, I have oils and I have eggs. I'm pretty sure I can make mayonnaise because I've done it before. And oh yeah, when he when he checked again to see what else we needed. I was like, never mind about the mayonnaise. He was like, why? I said, because I can make it myself. He, he said, you you can? I said, yes, we have the Ninja blender thingy. I said, I have olive oil. I have vegetable oil. It doesn't matter which one I use. And we have lots of eggs. I said, mm-hmm. I can make it. He was like, we could have been doing that all along. I'm like, yes, we could have been and we will be from now on because I'm dumb and forgot that you can make it at home. And he said, how long will it last in the fridge? I said, well, if I only make enough for a couple of sandwiches a day. I said, but yeah. I think it's good in the fridge for probably a week. Yeah, and, I think I think that's what the, the, the time is on that. Yeah, and he was like, and we have all the canning jars. I was like, yes, I used to put it in the canning jar put the airtight lid on it and we're good he was like why have we not been doing this I said, because your wife is not very bright sometimes he's like you're smart all the time you just forgot i said uh-huh there you go so i'll be making mayonnaise sometime this week but i just i felt so dumb i was yeah. like i have dozens of eggs sitting on my table why am i not using them yeah i mean i haven't uh, i haven't bought a loaf of bread since I've been making my own bread. I've learned how to do sourdough. Um, the next step in my egg mission is going to be homemade pasta. Yeah. And once you get it figured out, it's super easy. Right. Well, I, I have a kitchen aid, so I'm hoping here pretty soon to get the pasta attachments for my kitchen aid. Uh-huh. Yes, we have a KitchenAid mixer, too. And uh-huh. as I say to everyone, if you can invest the money in one, do it. They are fantastic. Oh, yeah. Well, they you know, I, I, yeah, I started out with just the mixer, you know, and what came with it. And then I've just kind of slowly been buying accessories to go with it. Yes, it's like your, it's like your uh, wardrobe. Right. <coughs> I don't yep. do diamond rings and fur coats. I spend my money on my kitchen. Uh-huh. Yes. Me too. Me too. I started out with a little tiny galley kitchen with a set of pots and pans and some dishes. And now I have a very big kitchen with an actual island in the middle of it, which is so happy. And I have a KitchenAid mixer. I have the Ninja blender thingy. I have the old-fashioned enamel-coated roasting pans that you put in the oven. Oh, Yeah. I have two crock pots. I don't know why I have two, but I do. I have three. I have I have I have a roaster that I do turkeys in. I have I have over the twenty something years that my husband and I have been together, I have acquired not necessarily bought either. People have just given me stuff that they don't use. Acquired kitchen gadgets. And I said to my husband when we moved in here, I said, I don't know where I'm gonna put all this stuff. I, I don't know where it's going to live. He said, you have a cedar-lined pantry closet. Oh. I said, oh, yeah, I do. He said, you could probably put all those, all those gadgets on the floor under the bookcase I'm putting in. I was like, okay, yeah. 
Yeah. So, yeah, you just you tend to gather the things that seem like a good idea at the time. And about once every two years, I go through all my stuff in my kitchen and get rid of stuff I haven't used in like a year. Because if I haven't used it in a year, I'm probably not going to use it. Right. So well, I know. Um. So we grew a great big. Well, uh, we we harvested probably a couple hundred pounds of potatoes. Yep. Well, we still have, and this was this was my husband's mom's. Um. And from like 1970s, a French fryer, like mm-hmm. a, a hand French fryer. And I used the heck out of that doing potatoes. <laughs> and do you, freeze, do you freeze them after you cut them in the French fries? Yes. Yeah. So, um, and then I also have, I have a peeler and peeler slicer attachment for the KitchenAid. Mm-hmm. And so I use that to make a little, uh, like the little, potatoes o'brien the little square potatoes i use for that i made hash browns i have shredder attachments nice Um, yeah i mean we we really like to you know try and (coughs) preserve everything that we can because you know it's 27 below and it's snowing out here i'm not going to the grocery store yeah, I have to run my youngest to the doctor on Friday for just a regular appointment. And I was supposed to take him last Friday, like three days ago. But uh, they were predicting that it was going to be snowing and we were supposed to have a couple inches of snow on the ground. And so I said, can you please reschedule that one? I said, because I really don't want to drive with the snow one. And the cold was just starting to roll in Thursday night to where we're at now, which is not it's not even fit for a Yeti right now. It's so cold. I know. And, and he was like, yeah, that's fine. He said, I can reschedule it. So he rescheduled it to this coming Friday. This coming Friday, the high is supposed to be five. Five whole degrees. But it's not going to snow. So I'm, I'm all good with this. However, I love the fact that right now, if we need anything, it's probably already here. Yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly, you know, um, when we did live in the city, I I worked at a grocery store, and good Lord, the panic Mm -hmm. shopping. The panic shopping was just insane. Yep, and and in, in the panic shopper's defense, okay, if you live in a small house or apartment, and if you weren't brought up learning how to be prepared for things, panic buying is the thing that you do. Right. Because you may not have room in your small home or apartment to store things. So in the panic buyer's defense, I get it. But if if you do have the room to have, you know, a couple weeks toilet paper on hand and... um. I don't know, four pounds of butter to stick in your freezer and a couple of gallons of milk in your normal size refrigerator. And you know how to make a loaf of bread. You're probably good. So, so I don't, I don't want to slam people who, who aren't prepared, but I get exactly what you're saying. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. I, I try to be really careful because just because I do things the way that I do them, doesn't mean that everybody does them the way that I, I do them. Yeah, that's exactly it, too. I mean, I love the way that we do things here because I certainly do not want to get in my cold car and 
drive the all of five minutes to the local store because we live like four miles outside of town proper. And it feels like we live a hundred miles from anybody, but we don't, which is great. No, yeah, it's like a ten minute town drive to town for us. Yeah. You know, but if, I don't I we... don't want to go sit in my cold car for five minutes to go to the store today. I would I would really no. rather not. So um Okay, so what I'm going to ask you my last question because I try to keep these to half an hour and I have been going way over lately. The last one I did was like an hour long conversation. Um, what is what's the worst thing that's happened on your farm since you moved there? What's the worst thing that happened? Uh, okay, so and this has to do with the pigs again. And I swear to God, they never misbehave. Unless my husband is out of town on business, uh-huh. um, I mean he still has to he still has to work a, a regular job. I'm the full time farmer right now um, until we can really get things going. And yeah. but the, the I went out. He was gone. <laughs> it was the second day he was gone. I went out to feed the pigs, and our boar had broken out of his pen walked completely across another pen and pushed through cattle fencing and electric fencing to get in the guilt pen. Uh Oh, so (laughs) I walked out to a boar in the pen with the guilt and I'm like, Oh, fun. (laughs) So I had to, I had to spend that entire day buffing up his, I had to get him back to his pen, and then I had to buff up his pen, and then put up a bunch of sheet metal along his fence, so that because if pigs can't see, they won't go through it. Okay. So if it's a solid wall, they won't go through it. That's why, like, uh, when you're you're hurting your pigs, uh, we use uh, backer boards. Um, it's a big plastic red board, and that helps us kind of guide them because they won't walk through something they can't see through. And so, yeah, I, it took me the entire day to get everybody back where they belonged, get the fences fixed. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, of course, it was just you when this happened. Oh, well, yeah. You know, they won't do that stuff, you know when there's more than just me here it's well, like they, why, why it's would like they you? know yeah. yeah it's like they know uh-huh i know it's crazy um well i'm i, I try i'm real leery to ask people what the worst thing that's happened is because sometimes it's terrible and it makes me cry but in your case it's it's kind of funny and it, not it, funny at the same time yeah i mean it is kind of funny so, so at least nobody died and, and you got your <gasps> your buddy back where he belonged. Right. So that's good. All right. Well, I I really, really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. This was fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate you asking me. Uh, like I said, I, I love nothing more than to talk about the farm. So. <laughs> All right. Well, Shauna, you have a great day. Thanks again. Fantastic. You too. All right. Bye. Bye.